was making a big deal earlier how I couldn't find a blue hymnal when there was one right here. I'm blessed to have our final message today by Mr. Barnabas Grayson entitled The Trumpet Call. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you, Joseph, for that introduction for the day. Appreciate that. I was going to bring my little horn, but I didn't. Aren't you glad? <laughs> I practiced on it a little bit, but it, it would wake and scare everybody, I think. So welcome to the Feast of Trumpets 2023. Today, of course, you know, is a high day meaning that it's an annual Sabbath and one to be observed at its appointed time. And so here we are today. It's a high day on top of the weekly Sabbath and or the Shabbat. It's the high day on top of that. And here we are celebrating, I guess you could say, a double Sabbath. Now we know that both, of course, are commanded assemblies for they are God's feast, and we are supposed to be here. We're supposed to be here, and as we know, the Sabbath is a sign. It's a marker between God and his people. It's a marker between you and your family to all of us here today. So we know that, and that's one of the reasons that we are here. But let's look, look at the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 23 through 25. And it says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. You know, Israel means uh, uh, the people of God. Saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, ye shall have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. Sometimes we may look at the Feast of Trumpets as kind of a somber day, but we know that in the end it is going to be a joyous day. So sometimes we'll get, we'll get the bad things out of the way first. But in the seventh month, it says, in the first day of the month you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation, and like the other feasts of the eternal, they are re uh, reminders of his salvation plan. And these holy days help keep us on track. They keep us focused on the purpose for why we are living and for the days ahead and for the days that are going to come. And we see in verse 25 that the eternal said, you shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. So we know we're not going to be starting any fires, but you shall do no servile work, which, you know, which that, man, that means, uh, servile work means, you know, there's no uh, demand for labor that we have to meet today. But God is merciful. He knows, he, he said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And so we know that there are ongoing labors of love out there in the world for us. Now, this offering that made by fire is understood to be a food offering, as some commentators show. And today, 
We may see it as the monetary gift that we uh, offered to the uh, church that is brought before the Lord for the carrying out of the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we know, the, uh, the Feast of Trumpets is celebrated on the first day of the seventh month in the Jewish month of Tishri. So when the shofar sounded on that day long ago, it was a call for Israel to assemble and observe the Feast of Shofar or Trumpets. So this feast is also known as Rosh Hashanah, which means head of the year. Rosh means head and Hashanah means year. And to the Jewish brethren, it signals the beginning of the civil year. The time for gladness, the time for celebration when people are reminded of God's past mercies and also his presence in the days that are coming. We know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So the blowing of horns was part of the celebration, and it's a custom to some in congregations around the world to blow the shofar. In some places, it's blown 100 times in either long or staccato blast, each one having a particular meaning. So in Numbers, go to Numbers 10, it says in verse 10, that in the day of your gladness, which is what this should be in the day of, of our gladness, because not only we have these uh, terrible things that might happen, we also know that there is a glad day that is coming. In the day of your gladness and in your solemn feasts and in the beginnings of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before God, and he says, I am the Lord, your God, or the eternal, the ever-living one. Numbers 29, 1 says, it is the day of the blowing of trumpets to you. Young's literal translation of this verse is a day of shouting. The Jewish Orthodox Bible says it is the day of the sounding of the shofar. In the Jewish reckoning of time and the keeping of this holy day, Rosh Hashanah celebrates the birthday of the world, the day when God created mankind. So in Jewish thought, it begins the supposed year of 5784. This may catch our interest because if this date is close to correct, we have an idea of where we stand in, in the counting of this uh, age of man. But it would mean also that there would be a little over 200 years left in the plan of God to rule and for the end of the age to come. But as scripture says, no man knows the day or, or the hour because we know from uh, the book of Matthew that those days, these days, will be shortened. So we're to always be ready as we heard in the first message. So who knows what tomorrow or next month or next year has in store. So don't worry about any date setting. We just need to know of where we are standing now in the time that the Lord has given us. In Psalm 90, Jesus said, 
over in verse 12, says to teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom, unto knowledge, unto learning about those things that not only stand for now, but for the, the time to come. It says the days of our years are three score and ten. You know, that's 70 years. But if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet it is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. At best, you know, there is toil if we live beyond those, those years and sorrow. And we're here one moment, and in the next moment, we're gone. That's the way life, that's the way life is. Now, we know that the central observance of this day was the blowing of the shofar or the ram's horn. It could be an antelope or a goat or a gazelle's horn. But the shofar, we know, can make a very loud and disconcerting noise. But we read where the Eternal said that he told Moses now to make two metal horns. In Numbers 10, 1 through 3, the Lord spoke unto Moses, and he said, Make you two trumpets of silver. Of a whole piece shall you uh, make them, that you may use them for, one, the calling of the assembly, and for the journeying of the camp. So, this description might remind you of that uh, one-piece bugle, you know, like they blow it before the, to start the horse race and so on. But they can uh, create different notes on that by the way they place their lips there on the end of the trumpet. And when they shall blow with them, verse 3, all the assemble, assembly shall assemble themselves, come together to you at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So this door would be at the, uh, the tent of meeting. So here we are on, uh, in the Holy Convocation to celebrate this feast of Trumpets 2023. Now there are three things the Day of Trumpets may bring to our mind today. The past, the present, and also the future. From the past we may cite all the wars and the violence and all the humanity that has happened in throughout our history. Natural calamities, disease, all of those things, all sorts of things that have brought pain and death and suffering to mankind. Our present time is little different from those times gone by for now, but in this moment of time while we're here, we do have some calm, we do have some tranquility we're able to have enough peace to assemble ourselves uh, together on this day. While we know that in other places, people are facing trials, they're facing tribulations, all kinds of things that bring sorrow into their life. So the Day of Trumpets can be both solemn and joyous, but we know also that there are troublesome days ahead, that perilous times shall come, that evildoers shall wax Worse and worse, the, and the love of many shall wax cold, and we don't want to take part in any of these things that are going to happen. Jesus said, the night comes when no man can work, in John chapter 9, verses 4 through 5, and he told his disciples that he was on an allotted amount of time. 
But he said to them, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Because the night comes when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, he said, I am the light of the world. So Jesus came preaching repentance and the good news of the coming of the kingdom of God and that it was near and at hand. Now, we know that this light still shines today to all who believe and heed what the prophets and the apostles have spoken about these last days. Where is that light shining? It's in the word of God that we have, the word of the eternal, through the words that were written by those prophets and the apostles and all those who believed in God and foresaw the times coming. Now, you probably remember that the women reported that they saw Jesus after he was resurrected. And he appeared also to two of his disciples who had gone for a walk on that road to Emmaus. And in Mark 16, reading verse 14, afterward, when after he had been uh, risen and reported alive, and that's when Jesus showed himself, he, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. And you know what? He upbraided them. He upbraided them because of their unbelief and the hardness of their heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. After all, he told them that he was going to be three days and three nights in the grave, and he would be uh, risen. So now seeing that he was for real and that he had risen, he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news, to every creature. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. Because when you don't believe the word of God and when you don't believe in the prophecies that are made and you don't pay attention to them or heed them, you're going to be damned. You're going to run into trouble. So we have the word of God, the light of God's word to lead us, to guide us out of this darkness that is in the world. So don't let unbelief, let us not be upbraided because we have unbelief or hardness of heart that might cause us to miss the mark. The Apostle John, of these words that we find in, in the Word of God, he says that they are true. So we can look at those words, and if there are promises made, and if there's direction and guidance made, then we know that it will be uh, the truth. Now, there are sounds of tribulation, of course, and in Matthew 24, beginning verse 6, Jesus warned. He said you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars, but don't be alarmed because these things must take place first. But the end, the end of the age, is not yet. Nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. We've heard this so many times, and we see it happening over the, happening over the centuries, even to the, our time today. So these things have been happening ever since day one, almost at least. That there will be famines and earthquakes in diverse places. And you know about the recent earthquake in Morocco, I think the last count that I heard was 2,500 people and more probably. 
Now, verse 8, as we look upon those things that are happening in other nations, that all these events are the beginning of sorrows. So time is drawing near. Every year gets us closer to the end. Every day that we live, we're getting closer and closer to that time that has been spoken of by uh, Jesus. And he said to his disciples, they're going to hand you over to be persecuted and will kill you. So, you know, we're looking at this thing, at this particular prophecy, and we wonder, will it be us? Or will it be somebody we know? When will it happen? He's giving us warning that we should be prepared. How are we going to be prepared? By the light of God's word, by the things that he shows us, by his direction. Be prepared in that way. And you will be hated of all nations, of all people, for my name's sake. For believing in him, for believing in his word, for uh, being obedient to his will. Many, it says, will fall away. Many will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise up and they're going to deceive many. Lawlessness will abound. And as it said, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same, the same shall be saved. So a lot of time has passed since Jesus gave those words. Verse 14, the good news of the kingdom of heaven is going to be preached in all the world as a testimony or a witness to all nations and then shall the end come. Now, we see in verse 15 that there is mention made of the abomination of desolation that's to come, spoken of by the, uh, Daniel the prophet, that is going to stand in the holy place. That would be, uh, in the parentheses, it says, who reads, whoso, whoso readeth, let him understand. Now, I see through a dark glass. I can't make out everything that the scriptures reveal. And that's like uh, many of us. But it seems like in Jerusalem where this abomination will stand, it will be in the holy place. Some think that there is a temple that is going to be built for that uh, to happen. But then again, it's going to stand in the holy place. Maybe not necessarily inside the temple, but who, who knows for sure. But we read... <coughs> that those who are in Judea should flee into the mountains. Now, today we know that there's really no place to hide. Uh, there's so much technology and so much surveillance that uh, th they're going to know. Wh whoever wants to know is going to know where we are. I can't remember the name of the person who escaped from that prison in Pennsylvania. He was on the loose for a while, but he was tracked down. And uh, so to think that we can flee and not be caught is, would, would be a risky proposition. But it's going to be an urgent time that those who are in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to, to get his clothes. Woe unto them also that are with child 
and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. In Matthew 10, 22, there's going to be so much lawlessness, so much distrust of other people, so much hatred for one reason or another. In Matthew 10, I don't think you have this on your outline, but in Matthew 10, verse t uh, 22 through 23, it says, You shall be hated of all nations, hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. And he said that when they persecute you in this one city, flee to another. You know, carry that gospel with you. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. And Christ is going to return before they have reached them all. Now, <coughs> Some may think that this, all this is meant for a time that you know, was long ago that is now past and that this prophecy is fulfilled and not for us today. But of this time, remember that the scripture says, for then shall be great tribulation. That's what uh, Daniel and Christ talked about. Such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So only now is there the potential for this, this uh, scenario to be possible because there are many weapons of mass destruction in the arsenals of the nations of the world. But the good news is, and we know this, that Christ is going to intervene and deliver his, his elect. Verse 27. As the lightning, that is the sun, comes or rises out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So the scripture says, don't look for him in the desert or in the chamber, but we look toward the east when we that time is coming in Philippians chapter 3 it says that our conversation in verse 20 that is our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. So Jesus is working in us as we grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus and that we are living according to the fruits of the Spirit and not according to the lust of the flesh. Because being confident, it says, of this uh, th very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. As long as our hearts and our minds and we are committed to allowing Jesus Christ to work in us by uh, exercising those gifts of the Spirit, he will work in us. Verse 28, we read uh, in Matthew 24, verse 28, 
For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Like I said, not in a desert, not, not in a chamber, but wherever you see the eagles gathered, it will be for a reason. Because this suggests that where Jesus is, there will the saints also be. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven. So when war and devastation has taken its, its toll, verse 30, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from every direction, from one end of heaven to the other, horizon to horizon. Now, we know that some people look for a, a secret rapture, like a thief in the night that is to come and steal them off to heaven where... Uh, they are protected because they're mortal flesh and blood. That way they'll be safe from the tribulation taking place on the, on the earth while other flesh and blood people are left behind. But this is a misleading teaching. But it is viewed by many uh, as the blessed hope uh, of the church. As one Christian writer stated, he said, those who are taken in the rapture will return with Christ at the end of the age and then receive their resurrection bodies which you know which makes no sense because the scripture in first corinthians says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom there's got to be a change from uh, immortality from mortal to immortality so a rapture would have the living just lift off in their flesh and blood before those who are risen, who are the dead in Christ. But, you know, some people are focused on the rapture, and I guess in a way it keeps them focused on Jesus Christ. So we know that God is able to save wherever uh, we are and make a way of escape that when we have to flee, that he will have provide a refuge for us in some way or some safe uh, for our keeping. In 1 Corinthians 15, you know, we read that this corruptible must put on immortality and this mortal must put on uh, incorruption. But this change is going to have to happen first, which will be at the resurrection. In 1 Thess Thessalonians, as we uh, heard earl earlier, chapter 4, specifically that the dead in Christ shall rise first and then those who are alive shall not precede them but a rapture would have the living precede the dead in Christ. Jesus gave us signs to watch for and the day of trumpets provide us with some of those things those uh, steps along the way that we can uh, that can lead us into knowing how close we are to the end. Right now we know that it's probably a few years off, at least, if not longer. So the day of trumpets, the, the, the trumpet sounds are, is a time of war. It's not, it's not of peace. 
But in this feast, we are reminded of the plan of God for changing this evil world to one of true and lasting peace, what we need. So it's a reminder also that we are to be prepared through the word of God so that we aren't cuffed, caught off guard by the tribulation and the troubles that are, are to come. You remember the parable of the ten uh, virgins in which you know half were not prepared to meet the bridegroom when he came. Five were wise, five were foolish. At midnight there was a cry made, we know, a shout or, or a loud call that was made, saying, Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go you out to meet him. And like some of those who weren't able to because they did not have enough oil, they weren't able to go out. And they wanted to borrow some from, from those who brought their own oil. But they told them, no, you go out and, and buy and purchase the oil yourself. And while they went to buy, in verse 10, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward also came the others, and they said, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Verily I say unto you, I don't know you. So the moral of the story, I guess, we could look at it as in verse 13 of Matthew 25. Watch you therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. So the eternal has delivered unto us certain gifts, certain goods, certain responsibilities. And he's going to come back to see how we have done with those things. You remember Jesus in the book of John said, In my Father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am there I will come again and receive you unto myself. So he's preparing right now a place for you. A mansion that is a room in the family of God. So his church are the called out ones to understand these things and to act responsibly and be obedient to the word that he has left us. As mentioned earlier in, in the sermonette, it, it's interesting that the Feast of Trumpets begins on the first day of the seventh month and that there are the blowing of seven trumpets. In the book of Revelation, we see uh, those uh, various trumpets. We won't uh, go into that, but you can read... Uh, about those in Revelation 8 and I think verse 11. Now these seven trumpets are the seven trumpet plagues which are to befall the earth in the last days. So suffice it to say that these seven trumpets symbolize the coming plagues in an age-ending battle, which we won't go into because you would have to tie together some verses here, verses there. Now... <coughs> Some of us may not live to see that day. And some of us will be blessed in knowing what will transpire at that time because the book of Revelation says, blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. It's, it's getting near. 
Jesus spoke another par- parable, verse uh, Luke 21, is the, about the fig tree, that when you see it uh, shooting forth leaves, and you know that summer is nigh. And when you see all these things that have been prophesied, increasing or becoming very obvious in our, in our time, then it's time to know that uh, all these things are getting close, that the kingdom of God is nigh. Now, <coughs> we see... As mentioned earlier, we see trouble, we see pain, we see suffering in the world all around us. And we might have to suffer alone. But verily I say unto you, in verse 32, this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But, again, we see this uh, heeding the trumpet call. Verse 34, but take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares, you know, as Christ said, as in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the, in the last days. Ver, uh, verse 35, For as a snare shall it come on all them, on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch you therefore, and pray always, not just sometimes, but pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. Philippians 2. This may not be in your handout. Uh, Philippians 2, chapter, uh, verse 11. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, our Father, the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, verse 12, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, said Paul. (coughs) Verse 13, it is God which works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So, Essentially, the message that the trumpet tells us about to do is to watch, therefore, stay awake, be prepared, because we have been given precious promises, great and precious promises. Now, in our busy lives, of course, we can get bogged down in in, in our doings and kind of put things off because because we do deal with trials and various obstacles that come that come our way. Wanting this, wanting that, coveting after this, after that, itching ears, and so on. In 1 Timothy, you, you need to read this from your Bible, I guess. First, I don't have this down. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 12. It says that godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world, and it's certain that we won't carry anything out. Having food and clothes, let us be therewith content. If we have food on the table, clothes on our back, try to be content with that. Uh, as I mentioned before, sometimes uh, my wife and I go to these estate sales, and <laughs> usually there's a lot of stuff there that we don't even need anymore. 
but the people that have put the house up for sale have either passed away or or their kids are left behind the things that they own and it's just amazing how much stuff is left they didn't take it with them and so <laughs> like me I might take something with me sort of uh, give them a hand yesterday I was looking for or the other day I was looking for a uh, particular toy I saw on the day before uh, I decided it was, uh, well, it was, let me tell you what it was. It was one of those uh, Rubik's Cubes. And, you know, you twist it around and try to get everything uh, in, in the right spot. I saw it on the shelf, and, I, and it's not nice looking. It's probably a collectible. And I never did really have one. And I n knew a couple of uh, people here in, in, in the church who could do those real good in no time at all. But anyway... <coughs> I thought I'd buy that. And they always say, if you see something that you uh, would like to have, you get it right then and there. And, but I didn't get it. So the next day, I thought, well, I'll go back and look, see if it's still there. It wasn't there, of course, but a couple of nights, and like uh, Sean said, he had a nightmare, I had a couple of dreams that I couldn't get out of. <laughs> it uh, was about a Rubik's Cube. And there was some sort of formula that was like clear as day. Of course, I can't tell you what it was, but there's a formula for doing this. But there was uh, uh, some special thing that would you know, make you be able to put everything in its place. And in this dream, I kept going back to putting, that, uh, putting it in place. And I'd even wake up, and I'd go back into that dream. And I thought, well, maybe somebody's trying to tell me something. Yeah, I think it was probably telling me uh, you're just making a puzzle, or you're just a puzzle yourself. So, but I know sometimes it's fun. But you can't take it with you, your toys, your clothes, your shoes, your jackets, your tennis rackets, and all those things that we saw. And one of the things that I go, uh, and I, I guess I'm speaking off the cuff too long, but one of the things I go for is to look for CDs that I don't have. I have a lot of CDs of music, various music. I have music books, all of those things. And I look for those, and, I th and when I see them, I say to myself, you know, I don't need those anymore. I just now pretty much uh, go for the fun of it and just to see in some of these pretty houses all those things that are left. But you can't take it with you. Your house, you can't take it with you, and so on. So uh, try to be content. <coughs> but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and foolish and lustful hurts which drown people in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which some have coveted after and erred from the faith. So that's one of the dangers. It, it can, you put yourself on your heart and stuff you could err from the faith and have pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. And as everybody knows, that's what we do when you fight the good fight of faith. When trials come, 
faith is that is always the challenge. Lay hold on onto eternal life wherewith whereunto you are also called and have professed a good profession before me and uh, many witnesses. So 2 Peter gives us some of the things that uh, we should uh, have diligence. He says in verse uh, 4, 2 Peter 1, to give all diligence, holding on to faith and holding on to the hope that is set before us. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 3, just uh, going to highlight those verses, verses 1 through 14. First verse says, stir up, stir up that is, stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Verse 2, that you may be mindful of the words spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of, of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So keep the words that we read, the words that we hear in our Bible studies and in the messages we hear. Keep those words in your hearts and minds because knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his, his coming? But we know that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as, me, as some count slackness. In Proverbs 6, I just make a reference toward that particular book. In Proverbs chapter 6, it helps to know what things the Lord does not like. And there are seven abominations listed there. So you can look those over and see what they are. Because these are things that the Lord hates. Matthew uh, 24 again. I've read this earlier that iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. Skipping down those verses to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We see that the, there is a great day that is coming. In verse 51 it says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all all be changed. Look around the room. Look around at each other. We're going to be changed from mortal to immortal in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. So there's a time coming when this aging, corruptible, mortal body of ours will be given a spirit body. You may remember even from the days of our childhood how we came down with various illnesses and how sickness can be to us. But in Revelation 3, Jesus said, Because you have kept the word of my patience, I also, as a promise, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the, upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast for th which you have, that no man take your crown. 
you have a crown, you have a mansion that's being prepared, a room in the family of God, a crown of life everlasting, an everlasting dwelling place where, you know, wherever in the universe we may go as spirit beings because this mortal body of ours will become a spirit body. And on that day, when it comes, there's going to be the sound of shouting, going to be the sound of cheering and horns, and like uh, the kind you might hear at a ball game for maybe a touchdown that's made or a home run or a race that is won. But we do uh, our race for an cr uh, incorruptible crown. So, ho uh, so keep the commandments if you want to enter into life, fighting the good fight, holding on to faith as we have read. Someday we will hear Jesus saying to us, you good, well done, you good and faithful servant. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you since the world began. Whether it's 5784 as it's looked at on the Jewish calendar. But when the eternal said, at that time, let us make man in our image. And he's working in us now if we will look for his hand. Matthew 25, 34 says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, you've seen those rides that sling you up into the air, right? Anyone ever been on one of those things? That was fun, wasn't it? Thrilling. Scary. <laughs> Well, <coughs> I kind of picture that time to come that you can imagine the feeling of just going up, being flipped up into the air. Who knows how, how high you're going, but you're glad you're tethered to something that's going to spring you back to earth, and you just hope it doesn't give away. But imagine the feeling of uh, the change that is going to come to our, our bodies, that change that is going to be sweeping through our bodies, changing us, that sudden feeling of just being uh, light-footed, and then we are lifted off into the clouds. So the Feast of Trumpets reminds us that though uh, trying days are to come, but even more that there is good news coming for the people, the people of God who heed the trumpet call. This morning, I was uh, standing you know, outside looking up at the clouds. <laughs> Whoever saw me probably, what's that man doing? But as I looked up for a while at those clouds, I could imagine myself just lifting up, just suddenly like an elevator, just my feet, just my whole body just feeling light and change to just go right up not being slung up, but just uh, going up. And I thought, what a day of rejoicing and celebration and shouting that will bring. Did you guys holler? You did? You hollered, huh? <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> and I think also on that day there's going to be, when we're resurrected, 
that there is going to be a, a, a shouting like that, a, perhaps a hollering, a screaming. For the Lord himself in the first Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 16, that uh, also Sean read, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we who are alive. Verse 17, and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. So on one hand, we see the things that are going to happen in the future, but on the other hand, what we look forward to is that day when peace and the establishment of the kingdom of God comes to this earth and that every one of you will have a part in, in governing the world and bringing others to this, to this truth. So hold on to faith. Hold on to hope and also love because there's a song that says love lifted me. So if you have trials and troubles, remember, love uh, lifts and pray always. So may the Lord hasten that day and may we be ready to heed that trumpet's call.